0: Here's Your Red Flag is intended for mature audiences only. Please listen with care. Lisa and I created this podcast with the goal of enlightening each other and our listeners in prevailing over narcissistic and toxic people and relationships. Our mission with this podcast is to help survivors of toxic relationships recognize red flags and areas of personal growth while equipping them with strategies for ultimate and lasting mental health across all relationships. This is a podcast of self-discovery. We'll be talking about personal freedom, safety, security, and strength while embracing our inner voice, recognizing and honoring our gut instinct, accepting imperfection, showing grace to ourselves, and starting anew. Many of our episodes will include topics such as psychological, emotional, and physical abuse and detailed narcissistic and toxic behaviors. Our podcast is for educational and self improvement purposes only and should not be viewed as a replacement for therapy. We are not professional therapists. If you are in need of professional help, please contact the appropriate authorities and see our show notes for helpful suggestions. Some names and identities have been changed for anonymity purposes. The opinions expressed by the guests on the show are their own and do not necessarily represent Lisa's or my views. You can find additional information about this podcast in the show notes, as well as on our website, heresyourredflag.com. And we are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See our show notes for the links. If you have a red flag story you'd like to share for an upcoming episode, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us by email at heresyourredflag.com. At gmail.com or private message us through Here's Your Red Flag Facebook or Instagram pages. Thanks, y'all. I feel up to the mirror. Well, there was nothing that i seen. You like I The butterfly wolf. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Lisa. Happy New Year, Tony. We are so excited to be back for Season 2 of Here's Your Red Flag. We hope everyone has had an enjoyable holiday season. Lisa, how was your second holiday season sans number two? It was wonderful.
1: It was peaceful and fun and happy and all the things that, you know, we want Christmas to be, it was just wonderful. And I was kind of thinking about that fact this morning and reflecting back on last year. And last year was my first year um, Mm -hmm. without all the drama. And it was wonderful too, but I still had those lingering thoughts of, you know, what is this? So I would doubt myself. I had a lot of self-doubt and would hear his, you know, questions in my in my head. Should I be doing this? Should I be buying that? What should I make for food? You know, kind of second guessing everything just because I had had to do that for so long, and I didn't do any of that this year. So that it was oh, just really freeing and peaceful. Yes,
0: so much growth over even just this last year mm-hmm. for you.
1: Yeah, it was really great. How was yours?
0: It was wonderful full of family and food (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes yeah it's awesome awesome. well thanks for asking so getting into today's topic we thought it might be interesting to examine why women find bad boys so attractive even though they know they're trouble there is so much research on the subject so it's obvious that this is a true phenomenon I know personally, starting at a very young age, I think I was in third or fourth grade, my very first crush was with a bad boy. He was so cute, and he had this gorgeous blonde hair and blue eyes, and everybody followed his lead. He literally ruled the school. All the girls had such a crush on him. Two incidences that I remember pretty well. The first, I had this pink satin baseball cap that I just loved, and I wore it to school on hat day, and he ripped it off my head and ran away with it, and it made me cry because he would not give it back to me, no matter how much I pleaded with him. Finally, the teachers made him give it back to me, and I remember just being so upset at him and just disillusioned. Another time, he made fun of me because of the freckles on my face, which was upsetting because I had such a crush on him. He actually said... I would like you more if you didn't have freckles. And our teacher said, it's only because he has a crush on you. And that's how he shows it. It's interesting that so early on, that message was given to me that you have to endure pain and suffering when someone likes you. The next guy I had a crush on, he went to another school and we knew each other from our church youth group. He actually asked me to go study. Because back in those days, that's what boys did is ask you to go study. And so we were going study for about two weeks when I found out he was going study with two other girls at the same time. When I look back at all the boys I was attracted to prior to meeting and marrying my husband, pretty much all of the guys I was ever drawn to were bad boys. I really enjoyed this research because I can totally relate to it. Prior to meeting and marrying my husband, I had two pretty devastating relationships with bad boys. And in my mid-20s, the light finally came on for me that I needed a man who would protect my heart and love and cherish me. I guess I kind of needed to go through those relationships for it to finally sink in, that those bad boys were not going to provide not just a healthy relationship, but to have a lifetime of feeling safe and secure. So, as a reminder from last season, Lisa is in her final semester, earning her master's in counseling. We're so lucky. Not only does she provide a wealth of information based on her own prior abusive relationships, but she is also extremely insightful and knowledgeable due to her studies in her master's program. I really want to tap more into her knowledge base going forward with our podcast. So, starting with this episode, I thought it would be interesting for me to present the research out there and then have Lisa provide solid structure for us on the various topics of narcissism and abuse.
1: What are your thoughts so far, Lisa? Well, first of all, I just love your insight about bad boys, and that from such an early age, I think girls are taught that when boys tease us, that means they like us. And I was kind of wondering I wonder if I ever told my own daughter that, you know, I I hope I didn't because I didn't realize that really until the past several years, how wrong that teaching is. And, you know, I know in so many of the examples from our own lives that we've shared with each other, that we we're definitely attracted to the bad boys who are hard to get or act aloof or condescending or dismissive. There's something that we're drawn to in that, that we have, to, we have to work for their affection. And that's not how healthy relationships should be. So I think in my case, too, it doesn't help that my dad was exactly those things. I would not characterize him as a bad boy in terms of physical appearance, but mm-hmm. he was definitely aloof and condescending and dismissive. And so that's what I was used to growing up. And that's what became comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. The good qualities that we should find in in a partner are kindness, attentiveness, and consistency, just to name a few. But those were very foreign to me growing up and into my early 20s. And so those traits were uncomfortable to be around. I didn't know what to do with a young man who was kind, attentive, and consistent. I think we do need to know some things about ourselves if we're currently... In a relationship, but specifically if we're not in a relationship. So before we go into a new relationship, we need to figure out, are we attracted to bad boys? And if so, what are those attractive qualities? And then we need to know, I believe this is more important even, what is it about ourselves that allows us to accept their behavior? Yes, I
0: agree with everything you said, and this is going to be a great episode to help us examine What it is that causes us to be attracted to them, I've often wondered, and the research was fascinating. So, we'll present what we've been researching so far, and I have no doubt we will be revisiting facets of this in future episodes. So, I think it would be a really good idea to identify what is the quintessential bad boy. They are full of testosterone, they appear bold, and have exaggerated male sexuality. They're rebellious and generally emotionally unavailable. They provide a challenge for us, especially if they seem emotionally unavailable and like we can finally be the woman who can learn to understand and then save them. They seem way more interesting than normal guys, skirt the rules the rest comply with and have a devil-may-care attitude. And let's face it, for women attracted to bad boys, it's a total rush being with them. Unfortunately, long-term, relationships do not work out well for the woman who is seeking a healthy long-term relationship. So from all the research, I think we've come up with about nine reasons. There's probably many, many more, but we're going to tackle nine reasons today on this episode. So the first reason that women fall for bad boys is it's a self-esteem boost. The bad boy's usually look good and it feels good to have them on our arm and vice versa. The men like this, the bad boys, they take up a lot of the air in the room and it can be very appealing. And if you're with someone that's like that, you can feel like that makes you look better. And through that process, you gain a little bit of what they have because you were with them.
1: Mm -hmm. I think we're attracted to what makes them attractive Mm. in society. And it's natural to want to be around people who might be the life of the party or who are popular, or as you said, you know, who we also look good with. An attractive Mm -hmm. couple is attractive. And we think that, as you were saying, it makes us more attractive too. So it is a self-esteem boost and it's like attraction by proxy. We're attractive because we're with an attractive person.
0: Oh, I like that term, attraction by proxy. Mm -hmm. That's perfectly said. Yeah. Yeah. So bad boys, they may be perceived as more fun than normal guys. They have a mystique, which makes them more captivating. They're harder to get, which again, makes them more captivating. And when you're with them, it's exciting and exhilarating, kind of that edge of your seat stuff.
1: And I think they're a little bit more self-confident, don't you think?
0: Yes, I definitely think they present themselves to be more self-confident. They exude an air of self-confidence.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree that they bad boys are perceived as more fun because they might engage in risky or adventurous activities that seem to bring out a different side of us. And that's oh, attractive.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. So this was interesting in the research. Apparently, again, this is the research. We want their sperm, but not necessarily <laughs> their partnership. Mm-hmm. So Evolutionary biology shows women tend to be more attracted to masculine men during the middle of their menstrual cycle when they're at their most fertile. Men with masculine traits have better quality genes, so that could be unconsciously attractive to women, evolutionarily speaking. But when women state what's important to them for long term relationships with the man, they cite traits like honesty, trustworthiness, and respectfulness. This is quite a juxtaposition for a woman who, once good strong genetics in her offspring yet would also like a man to hang around
1: and help her raise the offspring what do you think i think that's fascinating that we have evolved so much over hundreds and thousands of years but mm-hmm. that part of us that natural instinct to you know bring children into the world yeah we were naturally attracted to those who would provide quote unquote quality children Right. I think that's really fascinating. And, you know, we feel like the bad boy will protect us because they're sort of that chest out, beating my chest. You know, here's my woman kind of marking their territory type of guy. I can make fire. I can make fire. Yes. Yeah. I catch meat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're attracted to that. But I think a red flag would be if they're aggressive to the world, mm. then eventually that aggression will turn toward you. I don't think it's true that men could be a pit bull in society and a little lapdog at home. I think that's an illusion. Mm -hmm. That's
0: a very good point. And obviously the underlying theme of a bad boy is, you know, we're alluding to narcissism and bad boys encompass the dark triad. We're not going to detail that today. We definitely want to have an episode dedicated to the dark triad all its own, or if anyone in the audience is interested in learning more about that, it is interesting to look at the traits of the dark triad. So we're not heavily hitting on narcissism today, but it is an underlying theme, as I said. Okay, so the fourth reason women might be attracted to bad boys is bad boys free us from the pressure of being good girls. They are exciting forbidden, and different from normal guys. Girls who have labeled themselves as good girls and have possibly lived their whole lives sheltered and following the rules of society may be intrigued by guys who live life on the edge. Your bad boys, so to speak. Girls are generally socialized to be compliant and agreeable and may be drawn to bad boys to get in touch with the unexpressed rebel in herself a good girl may really admire a bad boy's sense of rebellion from society's norms and his freedom to break rules. If women don't have a strong sense of self, as we've been consistently saying throughout our podcast, if they don't have a strong vision of their needs, goals, and values, that bad boy definitely might be more attractive to her than not. They might feel the pain in the long run is worth it for the rush and excitement they feel they have been
1: missing. You touched on something. Really important there that we tend to admire the bad boy's sense of rebellion and his freedom to break rules. I can remember two bad boys in particular that I fell for. One of them broke rules all the time and never got caught. Mm. And that was so intriguing to me as a rule follower. Mm -hmm. And so then I started to doubt myself, probably gaslight myself, like, well, is that really so bad? You know, if he broke the rule and got away with it, maybe what he did wasn't actually so bad. And then the other guy I fell for also was a rule breaker and also got caught, but he was very convincing in saying how unfair it was, how unfair the consequences were and kind of portraying himself to be a victim. Mm. And so I bought into that too, thinking, oh, you know, poor him. He has all these consequences to pay for for what he did. And so then that sympathy kicks in. And so it's kind of interesting. I hadn't thought about the bad boy's freedom to break rules and how attractive that can be on both ends. Like they break rules, get caught, they break rules and don't get caught. I have experienced falling for both types. Yes, And I think in the long run, probably the drum will beat this episode is in the long run, this never turns out well. If they're breaking rules now, they're going to continue to break rules. And so long-term relationships, healthy ones, can never come from bad boys. That's a really good point. If they're so easily able to break rules
0: out in society, what rules are they going to feel like they're obliged to follow in your relationship, Mm -hmm. in a healthy relationship? Mm -hmm. And Yeah. At the onset, they're attractive and exciting and all of that. But if you are looking for a long-term relationship, these are not going to be the ones, the guys that you
1: want to hang your hat on. Mm -hmm. If they're breaking rules and not getting caught, the underlying character trait that that corresponds to is manipulation Mm. and charisma, right? Mm -hmm. And so you could say, oh, he's manipulative or secretive, and those are not good qualities in a partner. Mm -hmm. It's helpful for me to look at a person's actions and behavior and then try to relate a character trait to them. You know, what does that say about this person? What do they value? And so a a bad boy breaking rules, whether they get caught or not, would have character traits that aren't healthy. Mm -hmm.
0: And you you touched on what do they value Mm -hmm. and what does a bad boy value
1: himself above everyone else yes mm-hmm. yep yeah they want what they want when they want it so kind of going back to the rules the rules don't apply they're not mm-hmm. good at delayed gratification and that could go into all kinds of things sex money <laughs> you know Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. your feelings yes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know there there is truth to opposites attract And if we've grown up in a sheltered household, which I think I would classify mine as pretty sheltered, it could be very exciting to date someone who's edgy or who allows us to participate in a side of life that we've never seen before or never discovered before. And the attraction grows because we know on some level that we shouldn't be doing these things. And Mm -hmm. there's, like you said earlier, kind of a natural rebellion within us that wants to be indulged.
0: Right. It frees something within us, mm-hmm. but it could also be to our detriment if oh, for sure. are seeking somebody that goes so far off the rails
1: mm-hmm. of
0: what classifies as a healthy relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: Our fifth reason of why women go for bad boys, we think they may be more protective because of the tough guy persona. Nice guys can be just as protective, if not more
1: yeah, and thinking about that, you know, what is it that so we're attracted to this very machismo persona. But if you peel back the layers and really ask yourself, when does that really come into play? I don't think it really ever does in in real life. I mean, you might encounter, I don't know, some danger in a dark parking lot somewhere, or, you know, I just don't think in our modern day that there are very many instances where we actually need someone to step in and protect us, I don't know, I could be wrong. And of course, it depends on where you live. But, you know, for most modern women, I would probably go out on a limb to say we're not daily walking around feeling that our lives are threatened and that we need that protection
0: Mm -hmm. so much,
1: physical protection. And I think it's important to know that, yeah, the tough guy appears that he would protect us physically, but they're also not able to protect our hearts. And I think you mentioned something earlier about feeling loved and cherished. And that's what we need. That's the type of protection that humans need, not just women. Men need that too. And not the chest-beating caveman guy who's got a, a gun strapped to his waist every time you go out somewhere ready (laughs) ready to take out the first person that looks at you the wrong way. Mm -hmm. That's not what we need. We need someone to protect our hearts and our dreams and our goals and our children. It's much deeper than physical protection. Mm -hmm. But I think that's our attraction is, oh, this guy looks like he could protect me against a bear. That's the physical attraction. But like I said, we're not encountering bears very often.
0: Right, right. Yeah, something came to mind. My son was shopping a couple weeks ago, and he was he came out of the mall, and this lady came up to him and said, would you mind walking me to my car? There are some suspicious people next to my car. And so he did. He walked her to her car, and she got in and drove away, and then he started walking to his car, and those people got in their vehicle and started driving over to where he was, and oh. he got into his car very quickly, started driving away, and he could hear them yelling at him. My son, I would classify him as a nice, normal guy, and in, is in his mid 20s and is encountering that a lot of girls his age and a little bit younger tend to be more attracted to the bad boys. And, you know, he's not on their radar necessarily mm-hmm. at this point. And so, my point is, he is a protective person. And that woman could see that in him. And so there is hope out there, ladies, who are looking for someone that can be tough, but can also be vulnerable and protective of you Mm -hmm. and uphold your values and be there for you solidly in a Mm -hmm. relationship. There are guys out there, which... I think is a good segue to our next reason of why women are attracted to bad boys is we love the drama. And I think this speaks to maturity. If you're not quite ready to be in a healthy relationship, you're looking for the drama. You're looking for that feel good edge of your seat kind of. Yeah. Sorry. Ed-
1: edge of your seat kind of relationship where it's unpredictable and it requires a lot of you There's a lot of chasing going on and kind of unhealthy behaviors of ghosting or it's not easy. You're having to work. Yes. There's the challenge. There's a challenge there. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And that's, that's very exciting. You know, look at all the movies and books out there that glorify the excitement and being with a bad boy. We've basically been conditioned by Hollywood and literature to seek out these types of men we have been convinced that we have to have this excitement in our relationships for them to be relationships that we can talk about with our friends or ruminate on later on and, you know, continue to examine in our own heads, what do I need to do to make this relationship work in my life?
1: Yeah, I think that's a wonderful point that we, for some reason, have downplayed or devalued comfort and ease and contentment that we're mm-hmm. always looking for the next exciting thing. And mm-hmm. I just don't think that's number one, it's not healthy, but number two, it's not sustainable. To have the James Bond type of relationship just can't be can't be sustained. Right. Mostly because I think I would dare to say that the James Bond guy is going to lose interest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: I think that's a really good point. Yeah. They're
1: always seeking a thrill too. Mm-hmm.
0: Until I met my husband, the man who would become my husband, I was always attracted to bad boy personas. And every one of those relationships was a failure. And, you know, I internalized it as a failure on my part, but it wasn't. It was, I was choosing the wrong type of man to attach to. They can't be attached to, they can't give back what I need when I'm looking for a healthy person who cherishes me as much as I want to cherish him.
1: Mm -hmm. I read somewhere recently that healthy partnerships consist of two people who love in similar ways. Mm. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. And so I think we could take it a step further and say that a healthy relationship is two people who have similar values. Mm Mm-hmm. And those two people probably demonstrate love in similar ways. I mean, of course, you may have one person who's more physically affectionate than the other or one person who's more talkative than the other, but that doesn't really speak to values as much Mm -hmm. as the other things that I think we're really seeking as human beings and as women, which are just to be cherished. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: Mm -hmm. It doesn't make very exciting Hollywood movies, maybe. Mm, Right, (laughs) right but it makes for a nice long life that right. you can count on with a partner right you know? so our seventh reason of why women might go for bad boys we think we can change them especially bad boys who are not monogamous if we could just figure out the formula of this particular guy he'll drop his bad boyness and fall completely for us and cease his bad boy ways
1: yeah we think we can save them or help mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. But addicts or personality disordered or jobless men don't ever change. Mm. And it feels good to help people and it feels good to be needed. But bad boys are sponges and leeches and they're never fully satisfied, nor do they ever change. Mm. So if you're lending him money now, you'll be lending him money forever. If they're... Narcissistic or somewhere on that spectrum or abusive, that never, never gets better. And these types of men will take as long as you're willing to give. Another thing that's important to know is sometimes we date a bad boy, but fall in love with his family too. Mm. And we could see the parents in a loving relationship. And maybe the father is very kind and gentle and has all of those attributes that you're really longing for. And you think, oh, maybe he'll change into that once we're married, but that never works out that way. And in my experience, for sure, I'm kind of saying this from experience that the man never changes in a positive way once they're married, if they're already exhibiting bad traits. And so in a sense, what you see while you're dating is what you'll get once you're married. And I think it intensifies.
0: Right. Another interesting point that we came across in the research is women who come from aloof parents are a lot of times drawn to bad boys unconsciously we wish we can receive the love and affection from this new aloof person that we didn't receive during our formative years we're older and we feel that we may now have that ability to control what we didn't have the ability to control when we were younger unfortunately it doesn't work and we keep repeating the same patterns
1: Hmm. I know I had to do a lot of work in figuring out, you know, one of our early episodes was about how we're pre-wired and, and conditioned to form relationships that aren't healthy for us. And mm-hmm. so one of the things I had to do was figure out what it was about my dad and stepdad, kind of who they were as men, and then really figure out, yeah, they both could give a rats rear end about me most of the time. And so I ended up choosing men who displayed that equal amount of disinterest. And so having to to untangle from that can be a long process, but I think it's definitely worth it. Definitely. I'm curious, Tony, why do you think you were drawn to bad boys in your early life and in early 20s before meeting your husband? You know, I really was
0: drawn to those types of guys. And if I would meet a normal, healthy guy, he was so uninteresting and unappealing and I was not attracted. And I really examined that as I was doing this research this past week. And, you know, I feel like my parents encouraged my sister and I I don't feel like my parents were aloof, and I don't feel like they caused us to recede into ourselves as shells, but I was a super shy girl. Very, I just remember being very shy, even starting kindergarten and on, and it wasn't until high school that I started, I guess, blossoming and coming out of my shell. And so I think that bad boys being attracted to me and interested in me woke something up in me, an adventurous spirit in me. And I think I confused that with these are the types the boys or these are the types of men that I should be with because they did stir something in me that caused me to come out of my shell
1: well, that that is so interesting and such a good point that, yes, we can come from a really strong family background and still fall for mm. fall for bad boys for no other reason than you were just shy, you know, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And tender hearted. And those make for prime victims of Uh, bad boys, too. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't look for bad girls. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Well, because they have to have the air in the room and bad
0: girls take that away from them. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think finding a more tender hearted person definitely works in their favor. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So that's a, that's a good point. There's not anything wrong with good girls seeking bad boys, but it's us examining why am I attracted to this mm-hmm. and what do I need to look at long-term when you're ready for the long-term. Mm-hmm. And it's most likely not going to be one of these types of people that we're describing.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think the flip side is true as well, that our nice, sweet sons can often you know, fall for A bad girl, too. Yes. I think it definitely goes both ways.
0: Absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think it's because, you know, no matter if you're the man or woman falling for the, quote, bad person, it's all about chemicals, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. those good chemicals we get from chasing and being chased. Yes.
0: Which is a perfect segue to our ninth reason, the neurochemicals. And when we are falling into a relationship or have a, you know, an attraction that becomes evident with a bad boy, we cannot ignore the fact, the fact that there are high levels of neurochemicals, hormones that are released during that attraction. High levels of dopamine and norepinephrine are released during attraction. These chemicals make us giddy, energetic, and euphoric they actually override our perception of fear, anger, and sadness. So I think it's the amygdala that is affected that helps regulate when we see danger in, a, in another person or trepidation in another person. And there are other chemicals released in our brains, such as oxytocin, which is also known as the cuddle hormone, and the stress hormone cortisol. We feel like this is such an important part of this, and we definitely will be dedicating a whole episode to the neurochemicals and how our brain is affected in relationships when we are attaching to someone who is not good for us. So stay tuned for that in an upcoming episode. The science
1: behind attraction. Yes. (laughs) Which is just so fascinating. It really is. Yeah. it's freeing to, to think, or to, when we learn, oh, my, my body is doing this, Mm. you know, we can, we can override it, but that awareness of, okay, what I'm feeling is natural, but it's not good for me. And yeah, so it's very, um, we've said before, you know, knowledge is power, but it truly is. It really is. And
0: that knowledge brings awareness. And that's something that I know for me was missing early on. I didn't, I was not aware. And I was completely addicted to those chemicals coursing through my body during those very unhealthy relationships I had early on. So we'll be digging more into that. It's fascinating. And hopefully other people will find that as fascinating as well as they're trying to figure out how do I break this pattern that I'm in going for these bad boys or bad girls. So the one time in college when I actually found a healthy person that was attractive and checked all the boxes the bad boy i had been in a relationship with for 3 years really interfered with me progressing in a relationship with this good guy and what i think was in play was i was so love addicted and so just bought in to that bad boy and all the chemicals and the hardwiring that had been laid down in that unhealthy relationship really interfered with my thought process of not listening to the bad boy and continuing to pursue a healthy relationship. So, you know, just that one time where I really felt like I had found a good guy and the bad boy that had been flitting around my life for three years put a stop to that Mm -hmm. and came back and love bombed me like crazy. And I gave up what could have been a really good relationship earlier in my life and would have saved me a lot of heartbreak if I had some of this knowledge back then.
1: What did the the bad boy do or say to make you go back to him?
0: Well, we were on a break that summer from each other. He went back to his home state, and I had stayed in our college town. And we had agreed to date other people over the summer. And when I told him, you know, about a month into me dating this really healthy, good guy, he absolutely went not ballistic, angry, but just very agitated, and said, "Wait, I've changed. I'm coming back. You've got to give me a chance. It's not over between us." And that was everything I wanted to hear from him, and it immediately squashed my feelings really for the good guy. And, you know, deep down, I knew this good guy was going to provide the future that matched with my values. Of course, I couldn't vocalize or conceptualize that back then, but it was everything I wanted to hear. All the chemicals started flowing and I really almost immediately just fell out of like or near love with the good guy, you know.
1: Mm I was wondering about that because one of the things we found through research about why women fall for bad guys is there is this idea that we could somehow change them maybe or help them be better, or we could be the ones to turn them around. And so, you know, we performed
0: just the right way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, me being attracted to another person was just the right thing to Mm -hmm. change that bad boy. Mm hmm over to what I really wanted him to be. And he promised me the, the moon and stars. Mm-hmm. And he came back and it wasn't a week later, I found out he had gotten in a very serious relationship with a girl from his home state. And they continued to communicate that whole rest of the semester. And she even came to visit him. Wow. And it was heartbreaking. It crushed me. And I, you know, sacrificed mm-hmm. a really great relationship with somebody and this bad boy was was so deceptive. Mm -hmm. and had lied all along to me, and it wasn't true. None of that was true, but he couldn't stand to see me go away. I was a main source of supply for him, Mm -hmm. plain and simple. Wow. You can't fall into their traps.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's hard. It's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. Sometimes it takes many, many, many lessons for us to finally learn. I like to say hitting myself with a brick in the head would be easier, but I don't suggest that to anybody.
1: No. Right. Right. Yeah. What do you think we could do to break the pattern?
0: So something we can do is think about what your life will look like in the future, like 5, 10, 20 years from now, if you stay with this bad boy. Is this someone who is actually going to stick around and father your children? Is he going to be there once the children leave the nest and enjoy a nice long life together? Whatever you envision your later years looking like? If these are things that are important to you, it's important to ask yourself, is this truly a person I want to invest more
1: time with? And I would just insert the reminder here, too, that what you see now is what you're going to get later. And do you want to have children with someone who's potentially never around or who's still living a single lifestyle or whatever the bad boy symptom is? Do you want your children around that? I think Mm -hmm. that's an important Kind of litmus test to use.
0: Yeah. Do you want
1: children like him? Mm. Yeah. Children pattern themselves after their parents. Mm
0: -hmm. That's a very good point.
1: Additionally, we run the risk of falling for bad boys when we don't know what our values are. We must know our values and use them as a plumb line when getting to know someone. What is your number one value? Does the person you're interested in have the same value? And how do you know? Don't make excuses or compromise. Get to know this person as friends and allow enough time to go by so that you have concrete evidence of their values. They might say they value family, but if they're constantly avoiding interactions with family members who are otherwise healthy, here's your red flag. Mm. Or they may say they value honesty and loyalty, but if they have been consistently communicating with you and then stop communicating for five days without reason their actions aren't aligning with what they say. So you really Mm -hmm. need to spend time getting to know a person and what their values are, and then wait and see how they act and behave. And do those actions and behaviors line up with what they value? Right. And the drum we've been beating,
0: you know, all first season, and we're going to be continuing on this season. If we work on developing our foundation of what our needs, goals, and values are, That's where you can say, would a bad boy actually fit in with that? Once we have established what our needs, goals, and values are, we can start to actually set up boundaries and red lines for ourselves, and we will find that the bad boys are not going to be attracted to us anymore, nor will they seem attractive to us.
1: Oh, for sure. I I love that point. And yeah, so once we have our values and goals clearly established, then it's almost like we have a different pair of lenses on our eyes. And we Mm. see the bad boy for what the bad boy is. And they may look great or smell great, but we can immediately see, oh, this guy takes up all the air in the room, or this guy is very smooth, but not Mm. in a good way. You know, your red flag radar is sort of activated, I think, once you are fully aware of your needs, goals, and values. Definitely. Yeah you can
0: start to look more
1: inward and Mm -hmm. this
0: person doesn't fit with this Mm -hmm. and yeah he smells good and he's he looks good and i like to be in his presence look at look at the attention he draws but it it really can cease right there because Mm -hmm. he doesn't fit with what my long-term plan is for myself because i've done this work on Mm -hmm. myself
1: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I think that needs, goals, and values work, and the heart magnet work gives us like a protective shield in a way. Mm. Yeah. You know, and helps us be more mature and discerning.
0: Yep. So we keep promising that we're going to have somebody that will help us work on our values. And on January 16th, we have an expert that we're interviewing. We're very excited to talk to her. She's one of the best that can help us learn this about ourselves. She's going to walk us through an exercise on developing our needs, goals, and values. And as we've said before, once we've shaped those out for ourselves, we can begin to shape our boundaries and red lines, which I think will make our pickers better. So Mm -hmm. we like to joke, my picker was broken (laughs) (laughs) when we've been attracted to and pursued a relationship with bad boys. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So yes, we plan to air that episode on January 27th. That's
1: awesome. I
0: know. We're excited.
1: What is the the statement that you make to your your kids about about dating? Don't don't date just anyone.
0: Oh, you can fall in love with anyone, so don't date just anyone.
1: Mm,
0: yeah, I yeah. heard that so many years ago, and I started using that phrase with them, kind of starting around middle school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if you invest your time with someone, you're going to fall deeper and deeper, and eventually. Possibly fall in love with them. And then, as we know, the longer you're with somebody, the longer it takes to break it off with them and get over them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So be careful who you put in your path. You can step Mm -hmm. around them. Mm -hmm. And again, that comes with laying that foundation for yourself of knowing what your goals are for your future. And that is shaped by determining what your values are. And if someone doesn't fit into that, you step around them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, it sounds easy because we do like all the bells and whistles in life, but eventually, you know, you are going to want to pick someone that is going to be good for you and that you can walk that path together in life
1: mm-hmm. in a
0: healthy way. Mm-hmm. So much more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. It may not have all those zingy hormones all the time, but they're there. I was actually just talking to my son last night. Even if you marry someone that has a similar background as you, you're still going to find that there are so many differences. So there's lots of zinging that happen in a healthy relationship. You have to learn to mesh with each other and compromise and find common ground with each other. Mm -hmm. There's no one Perfect person. Everybody is going to be different, and you navigate those differences with each other, and that can be exciting.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, we really enjoyed this first episode of season two. We have many interesting and hopefully helpful topics to come this season. We'll be diving deeper into the many facets of narcissism, and we cannot wait to continue to share as well as learn with our wonderful audience.
0: Yes. If anyone has experience with bad boys or an interesting story they would like to share, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at heresyourredflag at gmail.com. We can either read your scenario or maybe have you on a future episode. We will be talking with you next time on Here's, Here's your, your Red, Red Flag. Flag. <laughs> Thanks,
1: y'all. Thanks, y'all. A flew up to the
0: Here's Your Red Flag was written, directed, and recorded by Tony and Lisa, and edited by Tony. Our theme song is Butterfly Woke by Jairus. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star rating. Thanks, y'all. Butterfly